Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you would hand his son a stone when he asked for a loaf of bread? Or a snake when he asked for a fish? If you then, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? Do to others whatever you would have them do to you. This is the law and the prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. Oh, my heart is now. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Queen Esther seized with mortal anguish had recourse to the Lord. She lay prostrate upon the ground together with her handmaids. Queen Esther, she was a queen. And together with her maids, she lay prostrate upon the ground, a queen lying on the ground. Now, to understand this text, if you go back and read Esther chapter 4 very carefully, you will understand the, the situation the Jews found themselves in. Desperate measures demand what? Desperate situations demand desperate measures. Desperate situations demand desperate measures. So can you imagine a queen lying on the floor? Not feeling shy. There's a proverb in my language that on the day of delivery, the woman doesn't feel shy. There's no shame. There's no shyness for the pregnant woman. The one in labor. There's no shame, no shyness. Friends, I am waiting and praying for a day like this where we will gather as a church with our priests, our bishops, the Pope, parish priests, leading whole congregations in prayer. Seriously, in, in prayer and supplication. And in fact, this month of length, that is the mind of the church. That is the way it's supposed to be. Remember, Jesus tells us that I mean, he quotes from the Old Testament that says, My house shall be a house of prayer. The house of God is supposed to be a house of prayer. And in fact, the liturgy, the Eucharist, the Eucharist, the Eucharist celebration, and in fact, all the sacraments, when we are celebrating them, they are supposed to be movements of encounter. Moments where we encounter Christ. Moments, you know, and when we encounter Christ, who is life? What it means that the celebrations of, the celebration of these sacraments, are supposed to be movements of life. The sacraments are life-given. So every Eucharistic celebration is supposed to be a movement of joy, a movement of peace, a movement of life. After all, in His presence, there is fullness of joy. So there should be nothing like, this mass is boring, this baptism was boring. No. God is not boring. God is not boring. If God is born, you can imagine. What else? David said, I desire once to be in your presence all the days of my life. You, no normal human being would like to be in a, 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 a place that is boring for long. So for David to say he desires to be in the presence of the Lord all the days of his life, it means it's not a place that is boring. A king to leave whatever his palace and say he wants to be in the presence of the Lord. Esther and his maidens, uh, and her maidens, or uh, her handmaids, were in the presence of the Lord. And they cried out to God. Today, many of us, it's sad, but it's true. Some Catholics, we don't know how to cry to God. We don't know how to pray. We don't know how to pray. All our prayer is, Lord, give me this, give me that, give me that, give me that. Not even prayers of thanksgiving. Like the psalmist says, 
Psalm 138, verse 1 and 2 says, Lord, I will give you thanks. I will give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. For you have heard the words of my mouth. In the presence of the angels, I will sing your praise. I will give you thanks. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, with all my heart. For you have heard the words of my mouth. In other words, you know, it's a part that says, God heard the words of his mouth. That's the psalmist. It means he prayed before, and the Lord heard and answered, so to speak. So now, he is thanking God because God gave him a testimony. There are many of us, God has blessed us in so many things and with so many things. Things we haven't even asked him for, but we have not thanked him for them. All we know, God did me that. God give me this. And that is the prayer of most Catholics, so to speak. But if you go on, he says, I will worship at your holy temple and give thanks to your name because of your kindness and your truth. For you have made great above all things your name and your promise. So the psalmist is recounting all this. He says, I will worship at your holy temple. Some of us don't still know what it means to worship. Now, the question is, if Esther, Queen Esther sees with mortal anguish, had recourse to the Lord. She spoke to the Lord. She praised the Lord. She lay present upon the ground together with her handmaids from morning until evening and said, part of the prayer. Now, what were they saying from morning till evening? Remember, they were also afraid and they were in anguish. So from morning till evening, if you read chapter 4, Esther, we are told they had to undertake fasting. Three days fasting. Now, if you are engaged in three days fasting from morning to the evening, what are you going to tell the Lord? Think about it. If you are not a person of the Spirit, somebody who really knows how to pray, somebody who knows how to worship, somebody who knows how to adore the Lord, what, can, what are you going to do in the presence of the Lord from morning to evening? Some of us will yawn, will be distracted. Think about it. And these are the things we have to inculcate in our lives. These are the attitudes we have to cultivate as Christians. How to praise the Lord. How to worship the Lord. How to be in His presence. Engaging God for a longer period. And it's interesting. Just as when we are before our friends and loved ones, we can flow with them in conversation, in chatting. Some can sit with mobile phones, WhatsApp, Instagram, whatever, and chat the whole day from morning to evening. They can do that. Or for a longer period. But we cannot do that with God. Think about it. Think about it. It's an attitude, this generation, the enemy Satan, is deceiving us and, and, and dragging us aside. Distracting us with these gadgets. We must learn to have control over them. Rather than they having control over us. Jesus has said that man was not made for the Sabbath. But the Sabbath was made for man. These gadgets were not made for uh, were not well, were not made for them, but they were made for us. We should have control over them. They were engaged in prayer from morning to evening. Can we do the same? And as I said earlier on, I am praying for that day. We will enter a church, or a church will proclaim a fast. Then we will see the priests lying prostrate. With the people all crying to God in prayer. Friends, if we are not people who pray, it means we don't believe in the power of prayer. 
There's no argument about it. If we don't love prayer, and if we are not people who pray, it's clear that we don't know what prayer is. Anybody who doesn't love prayer to God, to Jesus, anyone who doesn't like to be, who doesn't want to be in the presence of God, who doesn't long to be in the presence of God through prayer, through prayer, reading the word of God, through attending mass and all the sacraments, that person doesn't know what he or she is about. It's true. Because if we know what prayer is, we will always long for it. Can a fish live and survive outside water? No. And so any Christian who is joking with prayer and the word, any Christian who is joking, who is not serious with prayer, with his, with his or her prayer life, is like a fish trying to live outside water. You will suffocate and die. And start to say, today we have so many walking dead Christians. It's true. No life, no joy. But remember St. Paul says that in Acts, something to the For in him we live and move and have our being. For in him, in God, we move, we live, we live and move and have our being. So our very life is supposed to come from, and it's true. So how can we live after God? We only deceive ourselves. As a church, we cannot live exuberantly. We cannot live and through and as through witnesses, carrying the power, proclaiming the gospel with, with all the power and all that it, it demands, if we are not living in Him. And the essence of daily Eucharistic celebration all over the world, from the time the church began till now, is to let us cultivate the habit of being in His presence. To let us cultivate the habit of what? Being rooted in Him, living in Him, moving in Him, and doing everything in Him. For in Him, all things hold together. Colossians 1, 17. In Him, all things hold together. It means, outside of Him, things cannot hold. The center cannot hold. Things will fall apart. And when, and it's only normal for us to be sensible, we shouldn't even wait for that time to come. But when things begin to fall apart in our lives, let us know that indeed it means we are not living in Him. When things began to fall apart in the community of the Jews, Mordecai had to let Esther know. And when Esther was becoming, she was trying to be reluctant, Mordecai stressed, if you care to know, you think you are free, but what is going to happen is that if, 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 if we don't rise up in prayer, we all will be destroyed. And for all you know, God will find a way of even saving his own people, but you will be destroyed. And so Esther had to proclaim a fast. And said, Mordecai said, for all you know, it is for such a time like this that God promoted you to be a queen. I always thank God for the Catholic charismatic new I will forever thank God for it. Sometimes I ask myself, if we didn't have the Catholic charismatic renewal in the church, let us be honest. Only God will tell us the state of the church today without a renewal. It's true. Only God can tell us. Maybe God will still have his own way of um, surviving or, 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 or of, um, what? Um, of keeping his church or maintaining his church, making his vibrant and all that. Yes, he's God. But as it is now and as we know, since now, 
without the Catholic charismatic renewal, I am telling you, the state of the church now. And that is why we as the renewal, we must wake up. Indeed, look, this is the mind of God. This is the mind of God. That a church, the church be a praying church. And this movement, the renewal, was, I mean, was, I mean God, God brought it into the church for this purpose. I've always said, and I'll say it anyway. With many may not agree with me, but that is the truth. That as long as, as a church, we relegate the Holy Spirit to the background, we are making a very big mistake. And whenever it started to reduce the, the, the influence, so to speak, or to, to reduce the, the attention being paid to the Holy Spirit in the church, whatever it began, that was the beginning of our woes. It's true. It's true. So we must wake up. We must wake up. Many Catholics, we are so ignorant about things of the Holy Spirit, things of the Spirit. When indeed we are things, we, we are people of the Spirit as a church. It's a spiritual body. We are spirits first. And we must always have that at the back of our minds. And we can go on and on and on. If you come to the gospel, Jesus said to his disciples, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Is that the reality? Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Is that what we find in our lives? Many of us. We ask, we receive. We seek, we find. No. Why? Was Jesus lying? No. Was he joking? No. He meant what he said. So if we are asking and we are not getting, it means there's a missing element somewhere. You understand? Jesus said to his disciples, listen, Jesus said to his disciples, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Jesus says, everyone who asks, receives. And I ask, is that our situation? We are included. It's everyone. So, if we pray, and we are not, if we ask, and we, are not, we don't receive always, it means we are not included in everyone. Because Jesus says, everyone who asks, receives. Everyone. It means, everyone refers to a particular group of people, not just everyone. Because we know it is that everyone asks, but not everyone receives. But the everyone here, Jesus is talking about those who will meet the condition. If you go and read this before, and it's especially read John 14, Jesus talks about, if you continue in my word, if you abide in my word, and my word abides in you, ask whatever. And it's true. You know, in first John, John makes us understand that when we pray wrongly, we will not get. But when we pray according to his mind, according to his will, what happens? We know that he hears us and he answers us. But the question is, how can we pray? Or how do we know the will of God to pray? When we are not in touch with him. Now, let's look at this. Jesus goes on to say, if you then 
Okay, he says, which of you would hand his son a stone? Which of you would hand his son? His son, take note of that statement. It means there's a relationship. A son and a father. There's a relationship. And he said, a father will not give a son a snake when he asks for fish. Or a stone when the child asks what? Bread. Why? Because of that relationship. The father cannot deny that this is my son. And so I will give my son a bad son. Do we have that relationship? That's the expectation. Everyone here says all about it. Everyone who has a solid relationship, a true relationship with the father. In Romans 8, the Paul says, anyone who ever has the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. He goes on to say, we are sons and daughters of God. Why? Because His Spirit lives in us. His Spirit dwells in us. The mark of our sonship or the proof of our sonship is the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. And the Holy Spirit is really in us. But we have neglected Him. We don't have that relationship with Him. And that is the problem. Think about it. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, how can you pray from morning till evening? Let us be honest. With the flesh on our own, we cannot pray from morning to evening. No wonder prayer is boring because we are doing it with our own sense. Prayer will always be boring when we are doing it in the flesh. But when the Holy Spirit is in charge of prayer, praying in us, Romans 8, He says, anyone who don't know how to pray or what to pray about, the Holy Spirit prays in us. And in fact, the Bible says, pray with all prayers and supplications in the spirit. Ephesians. And in John 4, Jesus says, the Father is looking for people who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Friends, when the Holy Spirit is in control of your prayer, you never get tired. I'm telling you. When the Holy Spirit is leading you in prayer, you long more and more and more. And this is a secret all Catholics must come to know. That is the, that is the secret the power in prayer. That is a secret. And in fact, when the Holy Spirit is in charge, think about it. Can the Holy Spirit, can the Holy Spirit pray a wrong prayer? No. And so, when He is in charge, He will act correctly. He will seek correctly. He will knock correctly. And what happens? Results will come. Because He is in charge. And some Catholics don't even want to hear about this praying in the spirit of praying in tongues. Start to speak. And sometimes I sit there and I think about it and I say, look, we are risking. We are joking. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot achieve anything. As individuals, as a church. So we must pay particular attention, special attention. We must give time to things of the Spirit, to the Holy Spirit. We have to reawaken ourselves. So that prayer that was prayed long ago, before the, before the, the, the birth of the new so to speak. We need to pray the prayer every day for ourselves. Fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit every day, all the time. That is the only way out. That is the only way out. So, because it is, when we, when we have that, that connection, when we are alive in the spirit, we realize how true sons and daughters we are. We will be so convinced about who we are. 
and we will enjoy prayer. We will enjoy reading the word of God. We will enjoy attending mass. Everything will come to life. My words are spirit and they are life. It is the spirit that gives life. It is the spirit that gives life. Without the spirit, death is unavoidable. We pray in this manner that God will help each one of us. Will, will, will conscientize us that every day we will become more and more aware of this truth. Of our need of the Holy Spirit. Friends, that is all. He is all we need. He is all we need. If we have Him and we pay attention to Him and listen to Him, every other thing will fall in place. But sad enough, more often than not, we reverse. We lean so much on our own understanding. If you then who are wicked know how to give good things to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask Him? I encourage you, pray more in tongues. Pray more in the Holy Spirit. Pray more in tongues. Because the Holy Spirit cannot pray a wrong prayer. And the Word of God says, He who searches the deep things of God, the Holy Spirit, He searches the deep things of God. He knows the mind of God concerning us. No wonder the psalmist says, The Lord will complete what He has done for me. Some verse will say, Psalm 108, verse 8. The Lord will perfect everything that concerns me. How will the Lord perfect that? The more you pray in tongues, the more you pray in the Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows. He shifts things miraculously to fall in place for us. St. Paul says, We speak mysteries when we pray in the Spirit. We proclaim mysteries. The Holy Spirit who searches the distance of God. Look, we have an advantage. And St. Paul was a man of the Spirit. He says, I thank God. I thank my God. I pray in tongues more than all of you. Think about that. Why would St. Paul, if it's not important, why would he pray in tongues more? What was the secret? Think about it. And if on the day of Pentecost, Jesus asked them to wait for 40 days, he asked them to wait in Jerusalem, and they waited. And at the end of it all, he gave them the Holy Spirit. Think about the, the significance of the Holy Spirit. And we are joking as a church, as individuals who are joking with the Holy Spirit. We cannot make progress without the Holy Spirit. In fact, we cannot even start without the Holy Spirit. We start wrongly. You can start without him, but you are starting wrongly. You can move without him, but you are moving wrongly. We pray for this reawakening in our individual lives and in the life of the church that will pay attention to the Holy Spirit, just like our great great ancestors did in the church. And in fact, we should even do more. We should even do more. We pray for these graces in this Mass. Amen. Amen.